Matt Lilly after five. Tune in to SNY's exclusive Met coverage tonight uh, with the pregame at 6.30, followed by the Mets and the Blue Jays at 7.10. And you'll get to see Ron Darling, who joins us now. Uh, Ron, welcome. How are you? Hi, Mike. Nice to talk to you again. Hi, Ron. Got a lot to get to you with uh, interesting stuff that's gone on with this pitching staff uh, the last couple of days. First of all, uh, the... The Grom thing on Sunday. Yeah. The steadfast, hey, if a guy throws 40 pitches, he's out of the game. Uh, I had never heard that before from anybody. Um, he's. Did you agree with this uh, this idea of this? What's your thoughts on this hard and fast 40-pitch rule for an inning? Okay, uh, first, um, if you put it in the context of how they treat pitchers now, I understand it. Uh, do I agree with it? Absolutely not. Uh, in fact, I pitched a game in 92 against uh, the Milwaukee Brewers, where their rookie of the year for that year was this guy named Pat Listash. He let off the game 17 pitches later. He got a hit off me. And I threw, I don't know, close to 40 pitches in the inning, and I ended up lasting uh, seven innings in that game. So it, so it can happen. Um, so um, I, I would like to see the pitchers go out there and pitch more. Uh, let me give you a number, Mike. I just, I just looked it up. The Chicago White Sox, we can agree, are one of the uh, – Worst teams in baseball, yep. right, this year? Yep. Their starting pitching has thrown 193 innings. They're starting pitchers. The Mets' starting pitchers have thrown 194 and two-thirds. An inning and two-thirds more than the Chicago White Sox. I think that's uh, that's quite a shame. And, and, and also, I just don't know what the mess is. Now, listen, if he's hurt, mm-hmm. fine. He's not. He didn't give up a hit in that game. I understand they fouled a bunch of balls off. I understand he battled. But if he was injured or the weather was a big factor, maybe he shouldn't have started then. But I thought, why not let him throw his 90 or 100 pitches anyway and continue along? So that puzzled me. The hard and fast 40 puzzled me. Yeah. But then how about the Blevins? I mean, you got Blevins up, <laughs> and then you don't yeah. bring him in the game. I mean, first of all, you got him up. You don't bring him in the game. He's a lefty specialist. And then you say, I didn't want to use all those pitches. You use the same number of pitches anyway. Well, uh, there's a few layers to this. So let's take DeGrom first. Uh, with DeGrom now, because you're taking him out early because of the hyperextended elbow, you miss him for a full start there. You put him on the DL, you miss a full start there. And because you take him out of the first, uh, after the first inning, he misses a start there. So you're talking about three starts out of 30 in a year. That's one-tenth of what you need out of DeGrom for the season has now gone by the wayside. Second, as far as pitching and innings, this is how they do it in the minor leagues, Mike. If you have 35 pitches in an inning, you do not. You come out of the game. Even if you haven't gotten out of the inning, you come out of the game. They feel that's stress and under duress. Um, I don't know. When I was a kid, I figured if you had thrown that many pitches in an inning, maybe you had to throw some more to figure out how to get out of the inning. And I, and I think that the, the, the final thing uh, for me is just that, you know, I think what's, what's important is that you have – um, you know, one of your best pitchers, he hasn't pitched in, in 10, 12 days. Um, you're going to need him over the course of the season. And really, he's gone out and thrown a bullpen, uh, 45 pitches, and not gotten his work in. So, so that's it with DeGrom. As far as um, Blevins, you know, and I, I said it on air, if you're going to have him on the, on the roster, you're going to have him on the team, that's where you use him. Nick Williams is a guy that um, could be a starter for many outfielders in baseball. He just they, they have a glut of outfielders on the Phillies, so he does not start. 
um, if he uh, if you pitch hit for him, they're going to bat a guy like Florian Mono or or Knapp or someone like that who certainly uh, does not have the power that Nick Williams had. So I think there were a couple of reasons to use Blevins there uh, to turn um, him around uh, or get another hitter in there other than Williams. Or if you face Williams, you know we always talk about the numbers. And the numbers are that Williams was 0 for 3 off of Levin's. So, you know, you got to use those numbers, too. And finally, on DeGrom, Mike, you know, the analytics have gone to such a place where if you throw 35, 40, 45 pitches in an inning and give up some ground ball, uh, give up some foul balls or whatever, the analytics is starting to tell you now that that guy is absolutely going to have a bad start, so you take him out of the game. And I just don't understand that. Um, Especially with so, DeGrom, he hadn't given up a hit yet. And, and also, we've seen DeGrom so many times kind of just figure it out because, you know, he's just got a big heart and got, got lots of guts. And, and, you know, so we're trying to predict what's going to happen in real time in a game where we really have no idea what's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, very uh, – and then – so there's this idea of that. And then you get yesterday where the pitching coach says – about Syndergaard, well, he really hasn't done anything yet in the major leagues, which uh, I'm sure Syndergaard didn't like hearing. So now you got a little tough love on the other side. So you got on one side, we're babying everybody. On the other side, now a little tough love from the pitching coach. You know, I, I think that uh, what what happened with Island and, and uh, is that what he was trying to say is that, um, you know, a question was, I think, posed to him, you know, Syndergaard uh, should be a perennial Cy Young candidate. And I think Island took exception to it only because, you know, he's seen a lot of good pitchers in his day. And, you know, when you look back at it, Noah has, has done so much at a young age as far as being 25 and being a dominant pitcher. But, you know, he does have 25 wins in the major leagues. He doesn't, you know, he's not at Kluber or Scherzer. No, he's not Scherzer. Absolutely. Not yeah, absolutely. He's not, yeah, he's not at any of those levels. And we had a number the other day, which was interesting. It's the three-year anniversary of, of Noah coming to the major leagues, and it was comparing his three-year anniversary, and you should never do this to today's pitcher anyway, to, um, to Tom Seaver no. and to Dwight Gooden. And it, it, was, it. Uh, it was just crazy what those guys were able to accomplish in the first three years as opposed to Noah or anyone else of his age. Well, nowadays, the other thing is they've minimized these pitches anyway because they've turned them into six-inning guys anyway. So the the idea of those guys is such a different thing now. I mean, it's just it's just been lost. I don't even know if I'd want to be a starting pitcher anymore. I know they get paid well, but they don't let you dominate the games anymore. They don't let, <laughs> well, you, they don't let you leave unless you're a Verlander or a Scherzer, and you'll see that, you know, the Yankee fans will see that with Scherzer tomorrow night. I mean... Those guys come in, and their idea is, I'm pitching nine. If I don't pitch nine, I'm pitching eight. I mean, they're in there actually to pitch the game. You know, uh, uh, Mike, people are going to laugh at us and call us old dogs. But I, I, I will tell you, you know, when you think about it, it's going to be in our lifetime, and it's probably going to be closer than you think, where we're going to have a game where the starter really doesn't even matter. You're just going to have a guy out there for a couple of hours. Hopefully he goes six. Maybe he won't. Pen game. That is where the analytics are taking this. Game. I think it's already and, there a lot, unless yeah, you're dealing with really elite pitchers. I think it's there I, now. I think they want I, these guys to throw four innings, and that's it. I totally agree. And I think, you know, um, they can do whatever they want to do to try to speed up the game. The only way to speed up the game is the starting pitcher stays in the game. That's the only way they'll ever speed up the game. The games from yesteryear were two hours and 15 minutes because two guys went after each other. 
uh, for that time and didn't come out of the game. So I don't care what they do or what they try to do or whether they try to hurry up the relief pitchers or this or that. The games are in the bullpen after the fifth inning, sometimes the sixth inning, and after that it becomes a stall. You know, we're talking about Ron Darling. You see him, obviously, uh, the uh, Mets and the Blue Jays tonight, SNY, coming up this evening uh, with his uh, broadcast team, with Keith, this guy's new book, who's been out hammering that, and obviously <laughs> Gary. Keith's been everywhere so far. He's been with me last week. He's done it. That, that's the thing about the books. you got to do a million appearances, and uh, Keith's out there pounding away. I'm sure he's had enough by now. Uh, I'm sure he's a little interview. I'm sure you'll hear he's a little interview weary by this evening. You know that? Oh, oh he is. He, he is going to be exhausted for our games. I don't know how he's going to make it Absolutely, I guarantee you, he's going to be. Uh, I, I said to him the other day. I said, "Do I get an early interview?" He says, "Yeah, this is one of the first. I said, "Good. I don't want to get you on the fiftieth. You know." <laughs> That's right. That's right. Uh, the Mets in nineteen and eighteen. Okay. Yeah. Now that sounds okay. I'm going to tell you this right now, and you can fight me back. Mets are a terrible team right now. They are not a 19 and 18 team. They are a bad team. They are a listless, bad team, rudderless, directionless, awful, especially with Cespedes out of lineup. They are a bad-looking baseball team right now. I, I'm, I'm not going to fight you on this. Um, I, I think that what they expected when the season started uh, was that their starting pitching would dominate. That hasn't happened. It was really their bullpen that dominated early in the year that got them off to that 11-1 or 12-2 and start. They're built to hit home runs. They haven't hit home runs yet. Um, that's a big issue. They're not hitting with runners in scoring position. That's a huge issue, which leads to scoring a lot of runs. So, you know, they certainly haven't been an exciting team um, to watch so far. Are they as good as they were when they were 11-1? and Of course they weren't. Are they as bad as they've been lately? I, I don't think so. They've got to be better than that. But... Um, there, there's a lot of things um, that are happening around baseball, Mike. When I look at teams that are elite teams, they have great, young, Position everyday, players. everyday Absolutely. players. Whether it's the Astros, whether it's the Yankees, Red Sox, the Red Sox yep. Atlanta coming quickly. All these teams built, That's right. they built with young, athletic position players who were top-notch, and then they plugged the pitching in. The Mets tried to do it with the pitching, and it hasn't worked, and they don't have those players. Yeah, and, and, and the guys that are coming up, you know, Conforto has been a good player. He hasn't been a great player yet. Um, Rosario and Smith, Smith's not even in the major leagues, and Rosario has struggled so far. You know, I'm asked all the time, well, give, give people a chance. They're 22, 23 years old. You know, these kids spend their entire um, childhood playing on these travel teams against the best players in all of America, all the states. So by the time they're 21, 22 years old, they're ready to go. They're ready to fly. So, you know, judging guys because they're 23 and saying you got to give them time, it's not a lot of time. The window now is 22 to 30. And if you're not getting great play out of those young players, you probably might not ever get it. You look at the Braves right now, Albies, Acuna, yeah. Uh, Freeman, Marcakis, Flowers. I mean, come on now. They're in a different yeah. league than the Mets. When they played the Mets, you're looking at this saying, "My, these are two ships passing in the night. Yes, um, Dansby Swanson, their shortstop. You know, yep. it's only his second full year. You know, um, uh, Albies has just been unbelievable. Um, I tried to find a comp for, for Acuna Jr., and the only one I could find is someone that only maybe you and I know, uh, Cesar Cedeno, uh, when he first came up with the Astros. Wow, the same that's high praise. Body. Cesar Cedeno, yeah. people thought, might be pound for pound the best talent in baseball at the time. 
Yeah, and, and he had great numbers. He never yep. became the super Never super became star. the player he was supposed to. Had a lot of off-the-field stuff, so he never became. He, he, but he was a wondrous player. He really was. With, with a, you know, he had that perfect body yep. and steal bases and all that stuff. Cunha Jr. Is, is fits in that mold. Wow, that's that's you know, and you know the there's a lot of these guys coming. I mean, look, you hear tonight about Vladimir Guerrero's kid, who's 19, who's supposed to be an unbelievable star. And you made a great point. These teams all built the same way: good to top notch, top young talents at positions, and then they filled in the pitching. The Mets did it the other way, and the pitching all broke down, yeah. or, or a lot of it broke down, and they've been left without those kind of position players. Yeah, that, that's the big uh, difference, Mike, is that the everyday starting player, young starting player, does not break down. Uh, the pitchers have, and I think that's the big, uh, the big difference. Plus, pound, if you're going to make them throw four innings, what's the use of having them anyway? Ex- well, you know, they're training them for a 100-yard dash, and really it's a marathon, so what are the, what, I, I don't know what they expect. Uh, when they get here anyway. It's a it's an intri- so do you right now Sandy said today he got up and said I'm still very bullish on this team but we have to play better. Are you I'm not bullish on this team. I am very very negative on this team right now. I don't yeah. like this team. I don't like the, anything about it. They have no 3 4 5 starters. The pen I think is is okay long but it's bad short. Uh, they don't have setup guys. They also have nothing in this lineup. They have no speed. They have no athleticism uh, other than Cespedes, and they have to have him going, and he's not. Uh, he's been okay, but then there's no Frazier. Bruce hasn't gotten started. Uh, Conforto hasn't gotten started. So I don't like what I see. Uh, are you still optimistic, or are you more towards the negative? Well, I'm definitely less uh, bullish than Sandy um, because I watch all the games like he does. Um, but but I will say um, that if they somehow can change their mindset and let DeGrom and Syndergaard and somehow Mats or Wheeler, one or the other, um, I don't care which one, Mats or Wheeler, finds out, figures out how to do it, um, then they can get to a place where even though they're not scoring runs, they're in every game and then they got a better shot. I'd be more bullish if I see the team decide, to use their strength, which is Syndergaard and Negrom, and let them stay out there. Because anyone you bring in after Syndergaard and Negrom, I don't care how many pitches they've thrown, is a step down. Do you think? Have you seen something in Mats that uh, is giving you some optimism? Yeah, the last uh, the last couple of starts, uh, his uh, arm speed on his changeup is exponentially better. Uh, his breaking ball still is not there, but you know he is left-handed. That makes a big difference, uh, especially against today's lineups. Um, yeah, I, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm starting to see some good things from Steven. But again, uh, it all comes whether he can stay on the field or not. I haven't been impressed. I, I'll say this, and I'm not, I, I'm not dragging you into it. Uh, yeah. I haven't been impressed with the manager. I can't hear process anymore. Uh, I don't want to hear <laughs> process all year. I can't listen to that. Uh, I can't hear it about process, process, process. I can't hear everything's wonderful when and everybody's great when they're playing like this. And uh, and he's made a lot of weird moves. I mean, the other night he pinch run Reyes when he had no one to pinch hit later in the inning. I'm saying, who? What do you? I mean, what? I mean, why? I mean, so I'm look. I'm saying I'm really scratching my head with him. Uh, Blevins on Sunday. I haven't been impressed so far. I know he's a young manager. I'm not making any decisions on him. And I think his yeah. offense has been terrible. So he has no. Everyone looks bad when your offense doesn't hit. We. Are 
understand that. But I haven't, I, I haven't, it's, it's kind of weird. I don't get a real, I, I, I don't know the feeling I'm getting for this manager. Uh, tell me something that you like about this manager right now. Well, I, I, I think that, uh, uh, you know, when we saw when they had the lineup snafu, is that he has the ability to fall on his sw- a sword and not be afraid to say I made a mistake. I appreciate that about him because a lot of times, you get a lot of guys dancing around the issues. So I think he's a straightforward guy. I think he's a guy uh, that wants to excel, and I think he has, is a smart guy that, that should excel. The, that being uh, said, uh, um, some of the unorthodox moves, um, you, you trace back to, you know, how close are we to the analytics, Mike, or not the analytics? Let's think of the Blevins move, okay? If it's the analytics, then Blevins comes into that spot 100 out of 100. But if you're not bringing Blevins in, then that's more of a gut call. So what are we doing? Are we analytics or are we having gut calls or making gutsy calls uh, like managers did 30, 40 years ago? Plus, his answer didn't make any sense. I I didn't make the move because I needed him to stay in the game. I didn't have enough pitches to finish the game. What are you talking about? I mean, I think you you have to identify – if you're a manager, there's two things you have to be able to do well, and that is you have to manage a bullpen. But more importantly, you have to know when a certain out is the out you have to get or you're not going to win the game. I mean, that, that's I think all good managers have that sense of when they have to make a move uh, because it's going to mean the game or not, and the good ones are able to do it. And, um, you know, uh, th- this is in, I guess, Mickey's defense, but it's not really in his defense. These teams, um, ownership groups and general managers, have decided that um, having uh, experience doesn't matter at uh, managing at the major league level. Um, I think that's a lot of BS, in my opinion. I think uh, the more experience you have, the more games you've seen, the more times you've had to make decisions under duress, the better you'll be at it. And uh, that only makes sense to me. They want guys to get along with players now. That's all they talk yeah. about, and I don't understand that myself. The other day in basketball, they fire a guy who won 59 games who benched, <laughs> who benched his star who was stinking up the court, and he got fired. So, I mean, it just tells you that and, and you know, he came in and said, I, I'm going to love the players, I'm going to relate to the players. Well, how about, you know, how about holding them accountable? I mean, that, to me, they're getting paid a lot of money. Why not yeah. ask them to go out there and perform? I mean, and you know what? If not, we'll get someone else to perform. It's, you, you guys got special jobs. There's always someone looking to take your place. It's a competitive business. Yeah, you know, uh, and it's a meritocracy, or should be anyways. Um, I, I think that when, when you think about um, today's manager, you hear the same thing all the time, and that is um, they, have to, they have to be able to communicate with the players. Um, they have to be able to communicate with the front office to pare down those analytics and present them to the players. Um, uh, that's something that you know has changed so much, Mike. In my day, if the manager or general manager did not speak to you for the whole year, you knew you had a great year. You did not want to talk to them, you didn't want to see them, and they didn't talk or see you as long as you were doing your job. And it's not like that anymore. You know, Keith said something funny the other day. He said, he said, hey, I said, Keith, how would you have done in, in this era? And he said, you know, it's funny. These guys hit 230 and walk around like they're pie trainer. So I, I thought that was a great line. You know, it's, it, it's true. I mean, it really well, is true. Well, you know what would happen in today's game is that everyone's supposed to be of the same ilk. So, you know, these guys um, have to show up at 2 o'clock. They've got to hit off the tee. They've got to do all that kind of stuff. Hey, when I played, Keith used to take the bus with us at 4 o'clock. He'd get there, take a few swings, 
do the crossword puzzle, have a cup, cup of coffee, and go three for four. Um, he would be looked at differently than he was as a player when he was uh, uh, in the 70s and 80s. He'd be looked at as a renegade, a free spirit. Boy, he doesn't uh, do what all the other players do. Well, he didn't have to. He had 344 and won an MVP. So um, yeah, it, it's, it's a different game, Mike. I mean, it's so different. Um, it, it's, I, I think that my window is about two or three years before it completely changes, and I don't even know what the game's like anymore. <laughs> that says a lot. You know, you're not a prehistoric guy either. It's not like you're 100 years ago, you know? Oh, uh, it, but it's changing quickly. It's the quickest I've ever seen a game, a, a professional sports game change in such a quick time. Unbelievable. Thanks, Ron, very much. Appreciate it. Anytime, Mike. Thank you, Ron Darling.